0: Okay, I know this is going to be shocking, but we are not in the actual rainforest. Because, you know, that's expensive. It takes a long time. I'd probably need a machete, and also there are spiders. But I'm playing this because a lot of people do this kind of thing when they're trying to relax, when they're trying to get some sleep. It's either a calming voice doing some sort of bedtime story, or it's nature sounds. Does that work? And how do you get to a point where you don't need that, where you can actually just put your head on the pillow and lights out? What is the best way to get a good night's sleep. I've got questions. Hey there, it's me, Mike. And today, it's more of a tonight thing. We are going to try to get some shut-eye because I feel like a lot of us really have trouble with this. And there are pills and supplements and herbal teas and they say no phones in the bedroom is good. So we are going to go to an expert for some actual advice on how to reduce the bags
1: under our eyes and here he is. Alon Avidan. I'm a professor of neurology, and I direct the UCLA Sleep Disorder Center.
0: So just because I'm curious, and we should always start with something fun, how did you sleep last night? Very poorly.
1: Very poor. The sleep expert <laughs> slept poorly. Why is that? Well, I had uh, to... Help my parents get through customs and get all the immunizations uh, in order.
0: This was a COVID-era interview when we talked, but this is all something we know, right? Something about your daily life or your job or something you're doing tomorrow, it keeps you up because it's stressing you out.
1: That's exactly right. So that's a phenomenon we call scientifically hyperarousal or hypervigilance. And those issues tend to manifest themselves during the night. When the brain shuts down, that's when all these intrusive thoughts begin to uh, present themselves.
0: Cue all of us going, yeah, I know, but why? Well, it turns out we're kind of built this way. On the grand evolutionary scale, sleep has its benefits, obviously. It's the recharge, but also...
1: Sleep is somewhat evolutionary disadvantageous. It's almost as if you, you are having a little bit of an ability to wake up and and escape or run or avoid predation.
0: Right. If a tiger comes to eat you, you gotta get moving. Only these days the tiger is your boss. Hi Ken, are you listening? You said you'd listen to all of these.
1: The um, tiger and the lions are now replaced by deadlines, issues that are critical to our maintaining our job and taking care of family.
0: So what do I do about it if there is no on-off switch? And actually, important point, that's true. There is no switch. The deck is actually stacked against us.
1: The mechanisms in the brain, the neurotransmitters in our brain that promote wakefulness are far more greater than those that are associated with promotion of sleep. Bottom line, if you can't shut
0: down, most of us literally, we have to wind down. Enter the rain sounds from your bedside speaker. Actually, this one's a little aggressive in terms of the storm. Can we, um, can we turn it down a little bit? Much better. Back to our doctor and get out the sticky notes because here are the four things to do to help you out. It's the sleep hygiene that the articles online talk about. But, um, you know, you can trust this guy.
1: No electronics. Television, light exposure, blue light. They all have to go. The reason why is blue light stimulates our circadian clock and keeps us stimulated. And blue light from the television computers also prevents the release of melatonin. And we all know melatonin is good for you as you're trying to fall asleep.
0: That means no Netflix in bed, no watching TikToks, because not only is it the light, but also it's a brain thing. Your brain will think, oh, this is a place where I watch movies. Let's stay up and watch movies when it should be thinking, oh, This is the place where I sleep. Let's go do
1: that. Second, temperature. We want the temperature to be as uh, cool as you can tolerate. 60 to 65 degrees is optimal. Many people don't realize that having a, a room that's a bit on the toasty side, 70, 75 is more likely to create arousals, arousals in your sleep cycle and make you more likely to wake up
0: we're always trying to find the cooler side of the pillow anyways this one makes sense
1: the third issue is if you find that you're taking more than 10 or 15 minutes to fall asleep i would say about 15 minutes get out of bed
0: yep you're not ready so go have a sleepy time tea or practice mindfulness like the instagram people do basically get your heart rate down because it's the brain thing again if you stay put It'll get moving, it'll start thinking, and then associate the bed as a place for not sleeping. And number four is related to this. It's our last one.
1: When you're able to finally fall asleep and you get up in the middle of the night, a lot of people, again, they try to stay in bed and hope that by staying in (laughs) bed and eventually uh, being able to fight it through, that they'll be able to fall asleep. But that's actually the worst thing you can do. So, again, I would recommend that. Give it about 15 minutes. If you can't fall asleep, get out of bed, go do something else, like read a, a book that's not particularly interesting, uh, but do so outside of bed. And when you feel sleepy and drowsy again, then go back to bed.
0: But it can't be fun. No video games.
1: We want to create a situation of slight boredom <laughs> so people can fall <laughs> Drag back out an to old sleep.
0: textbook from a class you didn't like or something like that. There
1: you go. That's it.
0: By now, you're probably catching on with what I'm trying to do here. I've got a whole library of this stuff. This one's like Summer Meadow with the crickets. We've also got one of those babbling brooks. I don't know though. That one could also just be like a garden hose. Who's to say? couple more things before we get out of here. One of them we talked about the other week. It's coffee. And the doctor says he actually doesn't hate it. He doesn't mind it, the caffeine, as long as you keep it within a certain range. So think a couple of cups of coffee before noon.
1: I'm fine with that. If they're reporting that they're having insomnia and they go and grab a cup cup of coffee around 5 o'clock, that's where we're having problems.
0: Because you have to think of this like a high school science class, half-life, how long it takes something to get out of your system. The coffee's
1: going to be there a while. For caffeine, it's it can be anywhere between four to seven hours. So uh, it depends how people are metabolizing it. I simply say that uh, give yourself about seven or eight hours to really make sure it's completely out of your bloodstream.
0: Okay, so that's coffee. But what about the glass of wine to go to bed, the alcohol that helps you relax? The doctor says, yeah, that actually works. Um, The drink before bed will put you to sleep. But the problem is...
1: As soon as people drink it and then the alcohol gets cleared from their bloodstream, it actually causes people to wake up. So you may actually fall asleep fairly quickly, but then you end up waking up at three or four in the morning because it's out of your bloodstream. It's no longer keeping you asleep. So people often report to me, yeah, alcohol works great, but then I have to have another glass of wine at three or four in the morning. <laughs> so that, <laughs> And you <laughs> don't, don't want to be that person
0: that the neighbors see <laughs> out the window <laughs> drinking red wine at three in the morning, right? <laughs> exactly. Although, listen, I don't know your work schedule. This is a judgment-free podcast. You drink when you want to drink, okay? and you nap when you want to nap. Actually, no, don't do that. There are rules. We're going to end with the rules on napping and they are simple.
1: 1 to 3 p.m. or 12 to, to 3 p.m. no more than 20 minutes.
0: Yes, those are the actual numbers and the time frame. Early afternoons only. And then 20 to 30 minutes, you got to keep them short. You push 45, you're getting too close to normal sleep, and then you're going to get all
1: messed up. Those can actually be more harmful because when people get up after a longer naps, they're more likely to be in slow-wave sleep. They're almost a worse off than they began the nap. You know what, Mike? 20-minute <laughs> nap, 20-minute power nap is the same as a 20-ounce cup of high-caffeine Starbucks. Really? That's the equivalent.
0: You know, I think it's the ocean for me, honestly. It's kind of basic, but um, that or the dishwasher. I like to run the dishwasher. That lulls me to sleep. One final thing. I know with this one, it's easy to be like, okay, thanks for the info. Um, but I've actually been trying this stuff, and I'm sleeping great. No more Unisom or ZQuil or any of that. And my friend reports via a text just now that he crushed a nap the other day. 25 minutes. Perfect amount. Now... As always, if you dream up any questions, email me. I've got questions at odyssey.com. Subscribe so you don't miss any of these. Tell your friends. This comes from KaganX News 97.1 FM in Los Angeles. We'll talk next time. Sweet dreams. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.